What's going on, everyone? This is Mike Sleater with My Two Life Podcast, brought to you by MX Store. It's Friday here on the Gold Coast of Australia, June the 3rd, and I'm sitting here with the legend himself, Dylan from fucking Wreckers. How are we, everyone? What's going on, buddy? Man, it's a... Finally, good to get on the podcast. Unfortunately, you got a bum chicken wing from a little crash at a Harvey Bay for the 125 cut, but it's stoked to have you on, dude. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, we're recovering now. It's uh, been okay because the weather's been pretty average lately, so we haven't had much time to get some riding in due to the rain. Um, but the weather's starting to turn it on. It's starting to get nice and cool, perfect weather conditions for riding, and um, hopefully this chicken wing can cut more weeks and we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, man. It's a... Uh, it's been a rainy, rainy month and a half. It feels like uh, a lot of mountain bike events have been canceled. A lot of stuff's been happening, but we're here. We're rocking this podcast. We're in the MXOR garage. I'm looking at the six one nine of O'Keefe here, the heavy D's bike, and I'm looking at my gas gas with some sick P3 carbon. Um, and we're doing it. But um, this podcast would not be possible without the sponsors. First and foremost, MXOR, Australia's largest. Rain. It's the home of Australia's largest parts accessories. Man, I'm really butchering that up. You want to hit that deal? Yeah, largest uh, Australian uh, Australian gear parts and accessories. So, largest range. Yeah, we yeah. work here. We came in front. Yeah, we're getting it, right? there. Which is. <laughs> Anyways, it's just eh, so big. It's just so big. We can't enunciate <laughs> it. Um, also, Muckoff, proud sponsor of the MX Store Garage with Records of Checkers Season Two being filmed now. Stoked to have Muckoff on bo- on board. Really stoked on the on the punk powder. That stuff works pretty good, cleaning your bike up. Um, and all the range of products they have. Sponsor of the likes of Justin Brayton and some other rad athletes, Connor Farron. Um, there's just a, a slew of um, muck-off athletes. Alex Martin, old Troll Train, um, Club MX. And, yeah, muck-off's a great product. Check it out at mxstore.com. Get yourself some. Motorex, yeah, Motorex Oil sponsors my gas gas motorcycle that is loaned to me by the KTM Group and Gas Gas. Stoked to have uh, used Motorex for a long time with my uh, KTMs and using it on the Gas Gas. And have good luck with it, man. Um, the 2T. 2T at 40 to 1. I stay away from the 50 to 1, Dale. They recommend on the on the KTMs. And it looks like I should have run maybe 28 to 1 by the looks of my barrel when we pulled it off the other week. No, I guess when you do 60 hours on a, <laughs> the original top end, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> Maybe uh, Vertex will sponsor the podcast and get me some pistons. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of weather, dude, I don't know how you knew it was, it's was. it been raining over this way, but um, I believe you had a bit of a trip overseas. Yeah, it was rad. I uh, got to go test ride that all-new Stark Future, Stark Varg. So Stark Future is the overall is the overarching name of the company. Stark is the is the motorcycle, like Honda. So it's like Honda Racing or Honda Manufacturer is Stark Future. And then Stark is the brand. And then Varg is the model. You got that? Yeah, okay. So Stark Future is the company name. Stark is the motorcycle. Varg is the... The model. The model. Varg in Swedish is Wolf. The Wolf Pack. The Wolf <laughs> So I had a very dynamic trip, though, man. It was uh, so we went over. Sarah and I left the kids with Nanny and Poppy, and they went down. And that's Sarah's mom and dad. And we flew to we fl- flew with um, uh, from here 
to not Indo, but what's the other airline? Um, the, another country in Asia Pacific. Anyways, had a layover there. Then into Milan. When I landed in Milan, uh, Ben, the PR manager from Stark, messaged me. Hey, man, we got some problems. Give me a call when you land in uh, Spain. And I, I just had a gut feeling things weren't good. But anyways, they had some a situation um, with the group that a lot, had to push my trip back. They were actually going to fly me home to Australia, which it was about 32, 33 hours of travel um, to get to the hotel from gate to gate and then uh they had to readjust things and they were going to follow us back home to australia and a week later follow me back which is gnarly but luckily um <clears throat> i had a holiday plan with sarah and we said hey we'll come back to ride the bike after the holiday um our vacation as we call it in the states and we went to the uci downhill event at fort william in scotland so we ended up having a, de- a, a, a little bit of a sightseeing day in, in, in downtown Barcelona. Did You would not believe who I saw. Doug Dubok. I don't know. You probably don't even know who Doug Dubok is. No. This is. Oh, man. Doug Dubok was a guy that I looked up to uh, my whole career. He's the Yamaha's lead test rider. He's about 55, 56 now. Um, he won San Jose Supercross in the 80s, and he's been on Yamaha like his whole entire career. I'm talk- and he still hauls ass. Like, I remember battling him when I first was in the vet class, and he was 40-something. And, dude, he would whoop my ass, like, park me. <laughs> um, he He's just an icon. Dr. D exhaust, that's him. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's just been a pivotal guy in Yamaha's development. And I was walking down a random alley in Barcelona, Spain, and there's Doug and his beautiful wife. He's like, Mike! And he was actually going to a vet race in France to see uh, with Mikel Pichon, which you probably don't even know who Mel... Oh, my God. See, Dill, he's like a young spring chicken. Mikel Pichon, number 101, West Coast champion from Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Amazing dude. <clears throat> um, uh, French just weapon. Um, his son, I think, is racing uh, French GPs now. So, yeah, he was heading to France. They had a, late, a stopover in Barcelona for holiday moved on but i got to hang out with doug for about 15 20 minutes shoot the shit epic guy um y'all long and like i just really look up to doug with his loyalty he's been with yamaha for 30 years i think something crazy and o'neill just as long wow. so he's been wearing o'neill for so long his loyalty to brands he's just he's just one of those guys that's done so much for the sport um, get on the uh, Pulpamex, I think like six or seven episodes ago, has a podcast with him. So get over to Pulp, listen to Doug Dubach. Bit of homework, yeah. Yep, he's an awesome guy. So yeah, we went on to uh, to Scotland and I met up with the uh, Intense Factory Racing Team, Aaron Gwynn, his beautiful wife. Um, met with them, got to meet all the guys there. Uh, Werner from the CEO team on Intense and I've never been to a UCI Downhill Cup uh, UCI downhill round and man did it deliver those that course is so gnarly the weather was typical Scottish like kind of rainy gnarly but unfortunately for AG Aaron Gwynn he got a flat during pre- and qualifying dude didn't make his first non-qualifying for the, the for the main show on Sunday in his career due to a flat and I can't imagine how gutted he was he, I mean he he said he didn't really uh 
you know, there's nothing you could do. It's, it's what it is. Blame it on the mechanical. But I just can't imagine not being pissed. Like, extremely pissed. I, I threw a tanning once. I didn't make a night show or a, a day program at a national, and I f- got a flight in two hours and flew home. <laughs> I full baby baby tantrum. But, yeah, went to Scotland, um, <clears throat> watched the GP, had some good beer. Literally, I, I just ate my way, ate and drank beer all the way through the UK. Yeah, so you can st- tell. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, dude. <laughs> um, went all the way through Scotland um, and had an amazing trip. And then went back to Spain to ride the Varg. And let me tell you that I cannot wait. June 14th, we'll have the full launch. I know you're getting some stuff on the blog for MX Store. Um, ADB's going to have stuff on the mag. And, of course, Moto Online, who I went and shot with, they'll have a full report. So lots to come from the Varg. Um, I can just tell you, you'll want to read and watch what happened in Spain. We had an amazing trip. I want to thank my wife for for um putting together such a great great time we didn't even fight one time we don't fight a lot but we haven't been that with each other that long by ourselves i think ever and when you're sleep deprived and all that sort of stuff too but we we got back man we had some we had some travel gremlins in uh, gatwick england trying to get back to spain but we got back there it all worked out we're safe we're back home grinding um and man i'm stoked so yeah and i want to you know, before getting to more, thank Maxis for coming on board this podcast. I run a Maxis IT, typically, uh, and ST. Good, good tire. I'm looking at the sand tire on my bike now from Harvey Bay. That thing hooked up to smoke all those boys at Harvey Bay. I think Prongy's still getting sand out of his mouth from my from my uh, Maxis sand scoop tire. But uh, And the amount of crashes he had. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, uh, you know, t- these tires are tested and developed by the likes of Todd Waters, Jerry McGrath, and myself. And other really, really good riders. Alex Ray used it to get bad starts all through Supercross. And <laughs> anyways, support Maxis. Great tires. Very underrated in my opinion. I love them. And, yeah, thanks for Maxis for supporting this podcast. But, um, yeah, Dill, the trip was great. We loved it. I'm stoked to get back. I That's a long time for me not to be, like, applied to something with work. But I needed it. It was good. And that Stark is a, a mind-blowing bike, man. What's your what's your take on electric bike as a whole? What do you think of it? I think they're great. It's a great avenue for the sport and the evolution of the sport. So just like um, as we went to four strokes um, and fuel injection, etc., the day is going to come where we all ride electric bikes. Um, and with the amount of, the amount of tracks that are, are closing down um, due to noise or whatever else um, limitations we have in the sport today, um, it would just be amazing to be able to get on your electric dirt bike no matter what day during the week and be able to go around and do some laps and motos at the track. So I believe electric bikes are the future and they're going to be and I believe this Stark is the first step onto that path. Yeah, the Alta is interesting. The Alta tried, right? They tried to bring a bike out and I watched that thing being developed at Glen Helen by Kiefer and other guys and I had no desire to even want to ride it none i watched it each week them riding it testing it i saw Hill riding it at straight rhythm and i'll tell you what no desire so what excites you about the stock why were you more excited well i'll tell you why i wasn't excited to ride the alta okay it wasn't as fast as a 250f okay so it was like a fast 125 but so not as fast as a 250F. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Okay. And it was using 4CS. They bought old stock, like forks. Like, um, KTM had a lot of extra 4CS. Those forks were known not to be good. Um, 
I do know they weren't good. I used them for a lot of years, production. And um, the, the, the technology just couldn't evolve with that fork development. So they bought a bunch of those forks. So it had a shitty fork. It had a production KTM shock. They, they just missed the mark. It was so close. And it, it, the first product was good. But they obviously lost funding. didn't keep going. So I just... It, it was something that we knew could happen, but it was weird. No one stepped up after it, right? It was like the Alta started it, and you would have thought, you know, it, I wonder if it ramped up, you know, the KTM groups or Honda's, you know, idea of what electric was. We saw a Honda electric bike in um, the Milano show a while ago, but I haven't seen it on the track. Do you Have you seen that electric Honda 450? No, no. It looks well, electric bike. Um, yeah, I I saw photos of it. It was on display at ICMA or one of the, the world trade shows, but nothing came. So yeah, like you said, this star comes out, which comes on the, like drops on Instagram, like went viral. What like seven? And the whole ago. industry went blew up about this stock. No one knew who the people were. No. What they stood for. It was probably the best kept secret in a long time. But there was belief this time. So what made you believe? I guess with the world of the the car world, you know, Teslas and all that sort of stuff and the amount, like the industry car leading brands that are starting to bring out electric motors that are reliable, efficient, ultra powerful, um, it gives you more and more belief as the years go by. So I believe when this Stark released, it was a huge stepping stone again for the industry um, and no one would half-ass it again. So when they're talking and making these claims, they're claiming the fastest electric dirt bike to date um, competes with the 450s, all that sort of stuff. Um, that instantly makes you question it, but you believe the hype, especially when they're getting world-class test riders, uh, world-class people to come over and test a bike that they obviously believe is going to be a competitor against. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Giotelli is the big is their main test rider. Josh Hill's developing it. and You could have two different types of guys that are developing a bike. Sebastian Rotelli is a world champion GP racer. Very, very meticulous, calculated OCD. Josh Hill is opposite. He is a one of the most talented riders in the world. Um, and a free spirit, free riding, doing skate park shit. Um, I saw both of them while I was there. Um, epic guys. And like I said, June 14th, when I can really talk about what my, my, my feelings were and what I um, thought about the bike. But... Um, I think it's really cool to see, you know, whatever whatever I say my opinion is about the bike. I before we get to that in two weeks on this podcast, I can appreciate the hustle. I can appreciate the move, trying to move the industry forward, and I can't wait to see what happens, good, bad, or otherwise. So, yeah, man, the start the, the trip was cool. Got to see the uh, intense team. Loved that. Also, Intense, man, big sponsor of this podcast. I uh, use Intense underscore 10. I'm sorry. Use Intense 10 at checkout to get 10% off your Intense bikes. Um, I just purchased the new Sniper Fro. Epic bike, man. Um, that thing is like 9.7 kilo. Super light bike. I uh, just It's been raining, as you said, for a, like a month, so I haven't been able to ride it. But yeah, um, thanks for, for Intense uh, for sponsoring this podcast as well. Great company as long as, as well as Rhino Power. Use Rhino, Rhino, under, Rhino underscore 15. Gosh, I'm these codes, man. Too I'm many not, discount codes. Get, People yeah, got to listen up. Yeah, get, get, get your Rhino Power, your Gladiator, your, your, you know, all your good stuff, protein, hydration, 
Been using it a lot. Love the crew at Rhino Power. And if you want to get some motivating info, just follow Rhino Global and talk to see Rhino's epic uh, organic way of life. He's a character, that's for sure. But, but yeah, yeah, you were over on your trip and stuff like that, and um, you managed to pop into the MXGP. Dude, that was... Um, if, if my trip didn't get delayed, I wouldn't be able to go, right? So I got uh, an extra trip to uh, a little re rerouted and went to MXGP to pick up some Alpine Stars gear to shoot for ADB because, unfortunately, they had someone that, gets, that got, uh, had a family emergency. So I was shooting for them. So I need to get some A-Stars gear. I had time. Dude, MXGP in Spain, Prado, he's there. That, and uh, – a lot of Prado fans, dude. A lot of a lot of sixty ones. They had their whole merch tent, chainsaws. I was gonna say you've been to a plenty of American motocross races. Uh, what's the what are the fans like? So this GP was quite different. This was what I see what World Supercross is gonna try to do. And I haven't talked to you about this, so it's kinda cool. The MXGP and World Supercross, they're trying to bring more mainstream people in. And they're trying how you do how do you do that? You you bring the, the sport closer to like population, right? Well, unfortunately, motocross tracks are usually out pretty far, right? Like out in the hills or far from population because of land and noise. What they did is they took like a little paddock next to a mall, a big mall in Madrid, Spain, and they built a moto track. The track was only about two-minute lap times. Wild. So, so yeah. pretty small for a moto track, typically, you know, 220 to 240. Glen Helen's three minutes sometimes. But – we physically got our our, our um, credentials in a mall and walked across the street. Like went to a nice mall, walked across the street, and there's a GP track. It was pretty rad, very technical, like a clay sandstone like soil. The fans were rowdy. Um, top level takeaways: no one's in the line. Like 20 guys on a 40 man gate. That sucks. Super expensive to race race GPS. Wow. Like the race entries are crazy expensive. Um, and um, the racing is good, though. Um, other takeaway is that the lap times are really close between the winner and, like, 13th. Like, they don't go, like, a three-second gap to 10th, and then it's the same. Um, you know, uh, uh, Tom Vial dominated the, the lights class, and he was, like, out early, breaks the gap, but then everyone's within, like, two seconds. So it's those opening laps, those top guys kind of get away, you know? Um, and then, and then they, they um, but the speed is overwhelming. I got to meet uh, Jed Beaton for the first time. He had some rough luck, but he he was like, you know, one point eight off third, and he's in twelfth. Yeah, it's wild. So like the start's so critical in the GPS because these guys are really good, and the track was very technical as far as ruts, some pretty big jumps, um, and the fans had crowd and fans, but it's really expensive, dude. Like because of these stands, they charge you to be in the stands. Like, everything's an add-on. Yeah, right. So, me and Sarah, were, it was pretty warm. It was pretty warm, and it, we were getting melted. So, luckily, we had, like, um, media passes, courtesy of Moto Online. So, we, we were actually hanging out in the, me in the mechanics in the mechanics things <laughs> up on top, you know? Um, but, yeah, the, the Tom Vial looks good. But one of the guys I want to talk about that looked really good to me was um, Liam Everts, Stefan Everts' son. Um, you know, younger Geertz is fast. He had a bad crash second lap, he, whatever, but the typical, but I've been following Liam since he's been racing, knowing Stefan well, and um, I just haven't seen him race in person, and he fell down first moto and came from outside the top 20, like, well, so 23rd, there's like 23, 24 guys, 
all the way back to seventh and just the way you ride, that fluidity. The track's very technical, which suits how he's trained and mentored by his dad. But, man, he's had a bright future. First year in the GPs, and he looks the part. Like, he's 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 dope. He's fast. There's a lot of fast guys, a lot of fast bikes, too. Like, European um, technology, They're, they push the envelope on motor building and whatever. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool to see. Um, 450 guys. Prado was just didn't have as much. Um, Maximum and Renault dominated 1-1. Young kid, people questioned it. He just won the world championship last year, and he dominated, dude. Dominated. Did you see any of the highlights from it? Yeah, I did, yeah. What did you think? Oh, I just thought the track was brutal. <laughs> did it look as bad on TV as, like, like technical, rutted? Yeah, it looked deep. Um, yeah, just, just insane. Like, in some of those big jumps, too, like, these guys are just world-class, obviously. So. Did they show... Um, Koldenhoff's crash on the parade lap was it Koldenhoff that I didn't see that I think no. it was Koldenhoff or Maximum Renault one of the two dude there was like an on off after the finish line into like a tight right that came shooting across the start straight and I just look over and I see this monster Yamaha just flipping <laughs> um, and another another thing dude is, is the pits are pretty cool like there's some really cool setups like Factory Cowie has like a mobile like indoor expansion room glass doors and they all work inside in the air conditioning Wow, that's that's. They don't have level. to set anything up. It just comes out like it opens up like F one like hospitality. Um, A stars has one for bigger bigger events. So does Red Bull. Um, but do they just are, they do they do a lot of stuff really cool. HRC has one, um, but HRC you can't even see their bikes during the day. They're behind. You don't even get to see HRC like Mitch Evans or uh, um, uh, what's his name. Um, the Honda, the Honda, Tiger. Tiger, yes. Yeah, Tiger's bike, dude. I uh, can't see the factory HRC bikes, which because they're true factory bikes, man. They're, but, yeah, it's uh the, the Maximum Row impressed me. He was so smooth, led start to finish, pretty much. It was, it was impressive. That's insane. Well, we just went through to the first round of the American Motocross too, and we saw some factory edition Hondas out there with the 50th anniversary. Gold rims, gold handlebars, blue seats, bit of a throwback. Even the gear was um, a throwback to, you know, back in the 70s, 80s. So 70s and 80s, 80s. You see, this is your young talk guy talking again. Where was in the 70s? It was the 80s. But, yeah, it, how good were those bikes? I'm looking at your 1-800 Collect um, 92 decals bike and uh, his your 2022 Honda, and that thing looks really good. Yeah, running the retro 92 decals graphics on there. Um, 92 have just come out with them about uh, a few months ago now and they've got all the bikes so Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KDM, Husky all the throwback uh, stickers so it's pretty rad to have it on the modern day bikes and it uh, looks like we're setting trends here um, Honda seemed to copy us and <laughs> bring out their 50th anniversary yeah that bike looked good you, I mean you're a Honda guy so what did you think of that bike? well it looks good when they're going 1-2-1-2 one, two, one, two <laughs> in both classes so. the, gold, the gold rims dude huh? yeah. the gold rims it was, they're a winner yeah I think uh, AMA Pro Motocross Honda made a statement really stoked for Lars Lindstrom the team manager over there great guy a very thorough person very calm he's very even keel and he's just such a great guy for the sport I'm really stoked to, for Honda and all those guys I mean you talk about great humans Chase Sexton Ken Roxon Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence. So let's dive into the speaking of Lawrence's. Let's dive into lights class and give you give me some of your takeaways from the lights class, bro. Uh, it was really impressive to see Jet um, the way he rode and his solid lap times. Um, 
nearly the whole motor he was consistently faster than everyone even when he wasn't even pushing and to the point in the second motor where you can say he looked back to see if hunter got joe um on that last lap is obviously shows how relaxed and calm he is through the motos and um just ticking it off so going one one um and he's undefeated there so it's pretty impressive <laughs> yeah. yeah how about who else who else you know kind of caught your eye just yet no <laughs> um no it was cool to see joe up there in the second moto getting second and then got done by hunter late in the moto there but um what was his name the 411 the privateer who got the whole nick, shot nick, no no that's nick romano was it nick was it nick romano on the yamaha yeah was it was it the was it Nick or was I thought no Noah Viney was it Noah Viney Rhino's kid the whole shot or he didn't get the whole shot in the second one it was the Yamaha okay yeah. Well, so yeah Noah Viney's a young kid that Rhino trains I yeah. think he was close like top two then he crashed yeah wow pressure got to him but um yeah Nick Romano is stars rookie he's first ever national so he actually whole shot it yeah first ever I didn't watch I was <clears throat> I didn't watch second motos. Um, I skimmed through, so he did. How long did he lead for? Like a straightaway or two? No, he was in front for quite a while. Was he? And Jet didn't pass him for a little bit, was waiting. And then Joe started coming up, and that's when he's like, let's put the hammer down. So Nice, yeah. dude. So Nick faded back. I have the results here. Um, what happens typically with that kind of stuff, man, is you get – you get out front, you're not breathing, right? You're just like, you're just like dude, I'm in front. What's yeah. going on? It's like your whole life you work towards this, and you're like, I'm, I'm leading. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, but you Romano, led for a little while. Romano, he was, uh, shoot, 14th overall. I don't have moto box scores, but, uh, you know, that you, you got to give it to the kid. It's first pro racing. The thing is, getting a whole shot, you got to want to be at front, right? you got to want to be vulnerable, knowing like he knew he's not as fast as... Um, but he's on a star racing Yamaha. Those Yamahas are yeah. But you still gotta want to. You still gotta want to be up there. Like that's the thing is people think, oh, you know, oh I got a, I got a, uh, I got a, uh, oh, I did, I got a tenth place start. Well, dude, it's a lot better to go easier to go backwards than it is to go forwards. Definitely. So, I pretty much made a career at going backwards dude i got good starts all the time putting the anchor out and, and no no anchor i just speed i didn't have speed <laughs> i didn't have the speed but i think that's where you know this kid being vulnerable i'm like you know i'm not really i'm not really w what i want to be but i need to learn that pace and what i say learning that pace is nick romano going up there and starting at front he actually sees the pace he felt it he was leading then if he fades the 15th in his first pro race who cares, dude? You know why? You now, f you don't feel it. You understand it. You you touched it. It's like a bicycle staying in a draft, right? If you never are with them, you're never going to know. And it's belief. Yep. He so, believes yeah, he can be up Something there. happened. He finished 14th at Moto. Mm -hmm. Dude, that anchor could have fell out, but who cares? He's up front. We're talking about him. If he would have got f went 14th from 25th, we wouldn't be talking about Nick, Marano, Nick Romano. Sorry. So that's pretty cool. Cool, cool thing for him. Um, my takeaway, lights, class. McAdoo crashes brains out again. Moseman crashes brains out. Hampshire crashes brains out in practice. Faulkner's injured. Yeah. Dude, these guys, like McAdoo, epic human, needs to f think about what he's doing. They know Paul is a bit sketchy and some stuff. Moseman, same thing. They, you're not going to survive. Um, you know, Hampshire landed on that guy in practice. He, he could have anticipated that guy going – cutting across he sees the trajectory uh, that people blame me on the guy i blame that on hampshire man like take 
expect the worst and hope for the best. Like, he just hopes the guy does the right thing. Don't hope the guy does the right thing because if you know the guy's on the right, he's probably not jumping left, but the guy's arcing, he lands on him, could have been really hurt. Hurt that guy. The guy was dazed and confused, dude. He was walking silly after I was watching. I, was I watching. didn't see that. It yeah. was bad. I was watching practice. Um, and then Jet Lawrence, dude, so easy to him. He manages heart rate, slow heart rate. So when he got in front first meadow, he sprinted, put nine seconds on his brother, and uh, Hunter came through the pack, got, you know, ended up second. Those guys are going to be tough to beat, dude. I think it's it's going to be tough to beat the Lawrences and the Lights class. I think they've got they're onto something very very special. So, yeah, I think let's hope that the Lawrences can. Uh, Continue to get good starts. The MX Store athletes, you know, we support them there. They're epic guys, great humans. And, uh, yeah, you know, going through the, the rest of the pack, you have, uh, you know, top five is Hunter, or Jet, Hunter, Joe, Moseman. I said Moseman needs to clean it up. But, dude, he salvaged the fourth overall after that dirty crash in practice. Handmaker rode really well first moto. Mm-hmm. He hasn't raced a lot. Um, Forkner, sixth, and now he's hurt. That sucks. Pierce Brown, seventh, not a bad not a bad way. Levi Kitchen, look for him to the cooks in the kitchen, dude. <laughs> it's not the wake it up. I think he'll 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 improve. RJ Hampshire ninth. Here's a guy that I, I think we should these next three guys are someone or three guys that these next three guys are a talking point because pivotal year for these ready? Maximus Volan, Max Volan, Styles Robertson, and Nate Thrasher. Right. Three dudes that have upside, but they haven't produced. Thrasher, he's either a hero or a zero. He's got some speed, though, I'll tell you what. Yeah. So but when he's on, when that's he's on, the thing. Mm. He went by um, Christian and Hunter at Salt Lake Supercross in the final round. He hadn't won anything or been on the box at all until he, but he, until, or since Atlanta where he won the Supercross a year, like a year and a half ago. So it's like, it's either on or off. So to, they need to work on that consistency. Styles Robertson, he's had a kind of some injury plague stuff. I heard he signed with Star for really? next year. Oh. But I'd like to see more out of Styles. And then Max Volan, man. Factory KTM. Unbelievable speed again when he's on. I wouldn't say unbelievable speed personally. He's, I like his style though. You, you, do you like mm. it? I'm not a fan. I like it. It's loose. <laughs> he's like, like moves a lot. Yeah. He whips. Fun to watch. Yeah, I I just think there's a he there's a there's a lot of energy wasted, uh, like to do that. But dude, that's why we're different, man. Different strokes for different folks. But let's let's say I want to see something out of those guys, man. Levi Kitchen, I think has more upside than Max Styles and Nathan. He doesn't have the the, the stats, but I mean he's been hurt pretty much all year. Comes out solid eighth overall. Max Volan, Styles Robertson, Nate Thrasher, invisible all day back in 10, 11, 12. That's a good ride, dude. Don't get me wrong, but kind of invisible. So I want to see these guys move up, man. Like, I want to see these guys show me something the next couple, you know, because my opinion matters, right? They, they're trying to impress me. Exactly. And you. Yeah, All the exactly. way in, over here in Australia. But I'd like to see those guys step it up. Handmaker, there you go, out for a long time with injury, comes out, leads laps. That's what you want to see if you're team manager. You know, you know, Nick Romano, he's got upside, dude. He had the cojones to get out front. So 
So who do you think is going to challenge the likes of Jet and Hunter there? Who would? I would have thought Fortner might have got there. Now he's hurt. I don't, dude. I don't. I don't see Cooper, Justin Cooper, maybe in four or six rounds if he can build that base back up after that gnarly foot injury. Um, who do you think? I'm looking at the list, man. I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's. I guess for championship wise, I think Joe seems so consistent. He's he's always up there, and he's been doing really well in the Supercross. Um, he hasn't really had a chance to, you know, show his consistency in outdoors I guess as such so I believe and he's just riding so well now and so consistent he's really happy with the Cowie um, I think that he's going to probably be the biggest contender but he's not going to be enough personally he's right he's the he's next r- best the yeah. best of the rest you're yeah thinking? best of the rest dude I, I have to agree with you um, or even Moseman but he's too hot or cold yep. yeah he's um, not consi- for championship yep. maybe for wins and stuff like that yes but not for championship I, I wouldn't disagree with you dude I think I didn't think of Joe because he's like Silent Joe. He's like kind of just does he his is, thing. Yeah. But, dude, he's impressive. And what's interesting as we as I'm looking at the results, you got Australia, Australia, Japan, one, two, three. It's pretty gnarly. It's pretty gnarly. Like you got, you know, it's – it's um one thing I wanted, wanted to talk about was there's a couple of Kiwi guys, Dylan Walsh, dude, top 20. Yeah. Um, And then Josiah Notsky, he finished 15th. That's no joke, dude. All the way across the world. So shout out to those dudes coming from the Asian Pacific region and and doing their thing. Um, they've been locked down in COVID for like three years, like no visitors allowed. So that's impressive. Um, so yeah, closing out 250, Jet, league of his own. Hunter's the only guy I think that can really steal one way. And then Shimoda's next. I think that kind of looks like what we're going to see from the season. Definitely, definitely. And speaking of international riders, uh, looking at the 450 class, it's um. You know, you got Roxon, Germany, and then you got Caroli. So you've got um, two of those guys finishing really well in the in the 450 classes as well. Yeah. But um, talking about comeback heroes, what about Dungey? What you what were your thoughts on Dungey in the 450 class? Yeah, so, yeah. Before we break down that, let's talk about <laughs> Dungey. I called it top five. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm not I'm gospel, but I was like, man, he doesn't come back to just come back. You know, yeah. he he is, he comes back to actually, like, if he was coming back, he knew he was competitive. He knew where he wanted to be. His top end speed might not have been there. But, dude, he was running top three both motos. It's unbelievable. Off the catch. Well, not technically off the catch, but. I, would, I think he's got six weeks only, dude. Mm. Let's call it, like, off the couch. I think you're right. I think your comment's correct. Five years off the couch? A little over five years? He didn't race outdoors that year, like. Dude. But he looks like the same Dungy. Yeah. That's what blows my mind. You, you look to see number five coming down the straight, and it's like, that's Dungy. hasn't hasn't been missing for all these years. Amazing. Um, you know, he, he said he struggled for having a purpose. He struggled driving, you know, getting up in the morning, not having a routine. Um, and he, you know, he had some – he just didn't feel good. And, you know, they have two babies, two two kids now. The daughter, I think, two, two or three. And they said so their son and Lindsay, his wife's amazing. And to let him – to let him go out and, you know, do something for him that makes him happy and for him to have that drive. No one called him the race. He, like, sought after it. Crazy, right? Wild. Absolutely wild. Going into the race itself, yes, Dunge was impressive, but Chase Sexton, Ken Roxon put on quite a show. Unbelievable. Um, Hondas, did your guys ride red? 
Yeah, right, right. This is any reason to buy a Honda, you jump on board now. <laughs> and that's probably why I bought one, so perfect timing. Um, but, you know, Sexton was just insane. Um, riding different to what he did in the Supercross, I believe. I think he felt like he had a bit more time, maybe wasn't pushing as much as such, but then just rode really well. And it looks like a different Sexton this year, or this half of the year, um, compared to, to late and for him to come through the pack and pass his own teammate who would be considered maybe the superior teammate of Ken Roxon, um, and, and take the win in both motos was very impressive and that retro Alpine Star gear definitely uh, looked the part too. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you. I think I need to see I'm not completely sold that he can do it all season yet. Just, you know, he's it doesn't surprise me either that he's that fast. Like the kid's technique is if you want to ride like someone. Mind blowing, yeah. And his dad's his riding coach. So that's pretty cool. Like his dad's all about looking perfect, technique perfect, right? Stand um, up everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Um, it just, yeah, he he had a couple moments. You know, his hand, his, his foot blew off when he jumped into those big breaking bumps. He ran into Kenny. Yeah. Like, he, he definitely wanted it. Um I don't think – I wouldn't be surprised, man, if he gets on a run. But I think the the biggest question is, is this Kenny, this rejuvenated, fired-up Kenny, the real Kenny? Like, is this the Kenny that we all want? Not the real Kenny. Is this the Kenny that we all want to have in our series? What do you think? It looked like it on the podium box when he was screaming at the fans. That was cool to see the passion um, And he didn't out. give up when Chase passed him. No, he no. Gave, he, he, second moto, dude, he gave it a nudge at the end. He did, he did, he, and he looks good. Again, he looks good, and it's it. Hopefully, he keeps his head up high, and he's not upset with a second. He looked very happy with a second, and I think that's the biggest thing is his own mental drive and getting down about himself, and just always wanting to win. And like in motocross, we all know it's a long season, back to back motos um, in the hot summer of America. Um, it's not about each week; it's about being consistent. If you, especially if you want that championship. So, um, but the biggest surprise to me in the 450 class, dude, was Christian Craig. So, he, yeah, yeah, blew my mind. So I'm not surprised, but I, like, didn't think of him doing that. Like, when it happened, I'm like, you're right. Like, you're right, dude. He's coming off a high. Like, he just won his, his the sought-after lights class that he just couldn't get done for so many years. He rode a 450 each out, like, the last three years in outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm really, like, when you look at it, he act- was on paper always that guy, like, third. You know, like, good lap times. Like, he was there, but he's 30 seconds off second. But what impressed me, though, I understand that, but he he didn't start in first and went backwards or in, like, he, he started, like, the second motor, he got, like, whatever it was, and he started he, passing riders like Tomac, Dungey, all these big-name riders. I agree. And, like, Tomac's on the factory Yamaha, same bike. Yep. And to be honest, yeah, Christian was probably the biggest surprise, and Tomac was probably one of the biggest letdowns <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. Good, um, good point i i dude i man it did it doesn't surprise me but he definitely um how would i put it when it happened you're like yeah i could see that right like you just you, you would you say you don't think a christian is a guy that will bury himself in fitness and like just 
piss himself he's trying so hard you know like he won't have any little hershey squirts in his shorts <laughs> you know there's that point in a 30 minute moto dude you're like 28 minutes in you're battling your anaerobic threshold your lactic acid you're just you might have a little shart i don't think christian wants to shart in his pants but dude clearly he was he was comfortable being uncomfortable and he did i heard once again he i referenced you know some other podcasts but he um, Pulp, he talked about the interview last week. He said, man, I was actually really disappointed like how far ahead of those guys were of me. So he he didn't take this third. as like, oh, man, I'm, I'm a I'm third. I'm doing really well, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. doing really well. He's like, I shouldn't be that far back. Wow. So that, that takes some that Just takes shows some he's ownership. driving determination. His ownership. Mm. He's like, he didn't say he was as fast as those guys, right? But he did say, I'm, I'm kind of paid more to be closer, right? Like, which I agree. That's like, big of him to say that, yeah. Yeah, dude. So Christian Craig, yeah, that's that's a good point. I think he definitely um, was earned podium. Would you agree? Like, he didn't luck into that son of a bitch at all. He he was there. He was there. Um, Tomac, fourth. I think there's a something to his knee. I think there's something there. Yeah, well, they reckon there's not, but they, who knows? You know, they, they didn't tell us about the knee until he pulled out the last round of Supercross, so... I, I just don't and, – and, you know, he wasn't comfortable with his bike the first moto. Um, and it's clear when he's not comfy, he's he rolls it off. He's off. He's off. So he's not going to meet head his way, which I kind of respect, man. Like, I, I respect that. Um, you know, Dunge, we talked about how impressive that that fifth overall is. Had him on the podium, dude. He just he, – it's so rad, you know. All fives too. Fifth, fifth, and number five. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's I, I think he's going to – do you think he'll win a moto? Oh, I'd love to say yes. Okay, so let's check it out. So let's check it out. If Tomac pulls out because of his knee, he's up to fourth, right? Do you think he'll be faster than Christian in three rounds? I think so. I think so, yeah, for sure. Kenny, can he survive all season? I, he mm. hasn't proven. And then Chase Sexton's no to crash. This is true. You got him true. in the lead. Now he's winning. It looks, that's very convincing when you put it like that. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that have to happen. Yeah. I don't think you'll have the – if pace for pace, four rounds in, like speed for speed, He, I don't think he'll still be as fast as Chase Sexton, personally, or yeah. can, or Kenny. But I do think he'll be as fast as Christian. I don't think when Eli's on, he'll be as fast as Eli. So that still puts him like four or five each round, in my opinion. But Dungy is the king. Two two for the consistent. overall. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Some of the stats are unheard of. He's like two hundred two, like twenty seven race streaks in a row on the podium. Yeah. Um, Antonio Crowley, a very silent P six. Would you agree? Like very just. But solid. But man, he only retired a year ago, and he won GPs in a very silent. I thought I'd see something more, but. Big change, big change, like moving to the States, something he's been wanting to do. Well, apparently he only did his first half an hour motor about a week before the first round. So I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I think he could still be up front for the first 10 minutes. True, true. This is true. Yeah. I'm just, just screaming. You don't lose top end speed, really. Bad starts both motos, didn't qualify great. Big change, dude. I talked to Dirk Grubel, team principal, Red Bull KTM in Spain. Amazing guy. He's like, man, big change. Big change for him. A lot of things. Huge. I agree. So, look for Caroli. Let's hope he doesn't get disgruntled and he, he's coming back with some 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 vengeance. Uh, Shane McElrath, seventh place. He was up front early. He started well, yeah, in the second moto. Yeah. Um, good to see him, dude, doing doing good. Um, 
you know, he left that, uh, that the, Rocky, the Butler Brothers Rocky Mountain team, got a, the Dean Wilson fill-in ride while De- Dean's second asshole is getting healed up. Um, yeah, good for... What, placing, where's placing you there? The other the third KDM factory rider, where did he finish? Dude, he was 10th. Um, he was a be? little bit disappointing. I'd agree. But he I, has come back from injury. But I agree with you. But he's been on the bike. He's been on the bike. And uh, you know who hasn't been on the bike? Ryan Dungey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just just think of this, dude. Let's check this out. What if Roger DeCoster didn't get Dungeon Caroli? How sad would KTM be with a P10? Yeah, it definitely wouldn't look good. Wouldn't look good. We skipped a couple spots. McElrath, solid P7. Two guys that rode really well. One of them better than the other. Jason Anderson. Shit weekend uh. with starts. But, dude, he dead last. Dead last the first moto to what place did he get? Like, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was. Dude, that's incredible. He passed more riders than any. any he got the hard charger award for sure. So, he definitely. Um, we look. So, we talked about Dunge. Dunge doesn't have, would you agree? Um, the raw speed. Raw speed of Anderson. Definitely not. So no. now he's six that weekend, right? I'm just talking like speed wise. And don't forget about Ferrandis. Ferrandis is out. Yeah, that's a bummer for him, man. Bummer for him. But so yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, man. And uh, good for Freddie Norn on the Butler Brothers KTM. You know those guys. Garrett Marchbanks. Um, he he wrote good. He he was he was good rookie young kid like nineteen years old on on a four fifty he's a he's a farmhand big kid, but yeah I, this this season's gonna be good dude. Um, did you play fantasy at all this weekend? I didn't. No, how'd you do? Not good, shockingly <laughs> bad. But this kid, I picked him because I saw his lap times fast, and I didn't pick him because I thought it might have been a fluke. This Josh Gilbert from the United Kingdom, he finished fourteenth, dude, and uh, I, I should have picked him. <laughs> I just got scared. Um, he he's super fast, um, but yeah, all in all, this season's set up in the 450 class to be really good. Um, I for some reason don't think there's as much depth as I thought there would be. I don't know, but, but who's really missing? Ferrandis. Yeah, you've got Ferrandis. Um, it just doesn't look like Malcolm. Malcolm's that's out. who we're thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah, but it just doesn't look like we have the depth for some reason. You really have, you know, ten factory riders where we felt like in Supercross you had a full gate. Yeah, I mean you got yeah Dean Wilson, but you got Macarath filling in for him. But yeah, there's a few riders out sadly. But yeah, dude, it's been uh, definitely. I think the stage is set. We have Hangtown this weekend, a couple of days away. I'm excited to see that. It's going to be a very uh, that track. I was I was shockingly bad racing at that track. Didn't do good there ever. I even lost uh, that 125 dream race with 10 feet to go when I scorpioned myself <laughs> into the ground. Have you ever seen that picture? No, no, no. As you c- continue on, I'll find this picture for you, Dale. This is a, it's a good one. Um, no, but you know what else is coming up this weekend? What's, what's the that? The Manji Mup 15,000, which is... Dude, the Manji Mup 15,000. Which is Australia's, uh, or the world's most remote motocross race, they call it. So it's three hours south of Perth in WA. So on the other side of us, uh, over on the west coast, um, at an incredible track, it's sort of half sand, half clay. It's it's just wild, and a start straight that's probably 100 to 200 meters long. Oh, probably not 200, but yeah, 100, 150 meters long, and just fifth gear wide open on 450, um, coming into gnarly braking bumps. Um, 
into a, a roller into a, the first right hand corner. So it's it's a wild weekend. Um, not part of the Oz Pro MX Series standalone, standalone standalone race. Yep. Yeah, uh, many ready many riders come from around the globe actually to come and race the Manjimup fifteen thousand. If you haven't heard of it, look it up because it's an absolutely wild weekend. Um, so wild, in fact, that you put the speed shades on and you get a, a speeding fine driving home from the airport. <laughs> that was last year, not this year. <laughs> we have Alora and uh, uh, our project manager and uh, bad gal Spinksky, Ricky, going to uh, the, the event this weekend. MX War is a big partner in this with the Whole Shot Awards and some other sponsorships as the official retailer. So we're stoked MX Store is a part of the Manji 15,000 Um yeah, this yeah. year you've got the likes of Luke Clout, who's unfortunately he's out, who won last year, and then um, Regan's not riding either, so it'll be interesting to see who... Maddie's on his way over, I saw on IG. <laughs> yeah. He's got the Sprinter van and the trailer loaded up. It's a big drive. Dude, found <laughs> that photo of my, my Hangtown crash, want to see it? Oh, he's eating dirt. Oh, no, and the GoPro on too. Yeah, oh, yeah. How good. It, it, we love to see that GoPro footage. Uh, it's on. It's on the World Wide Web. Search it in YouTube. But um, yeah, the Manji's the Manji's a big one. Um, Hangtown this weekend. Who's your pick for Hangtown for lights? Oh, it's so hard to go past one of the Lawrence boys. I'm I'm hoping Hunter this weekend. Uh, this is a little slower track, like speed wise, than um, uh, Pat Paula, and I think it's a little more technical. Not that Jet's not great at being technical, but I, I do think Hunter could do it. Yeah, yeah, I believe Hunter. And then Dark Horse, um, maybe someone like Hamaker or or uh, Moseman maybe, but if Mose- they don't crow, so crash their brains So did you know that's brains, Moseman's yeah. local track? No, I didn't know that. There you go. There you go. So he could do it. That'd be pr- the, the, the NorCal folks would be going hella loud. Hella <laughs> is a... Hella. Hella is the how the NorCal folk talk. Hella. And they say that a lot in Perth as well in WA, so that's uh, interesting. <laughs> Both on the same weekend. <laughs> um, 450, who you got? Um, man, it's such a... I'm going to go Anderson this weekend. He's going to come back and just blow everyone's brains. Dude. Team Cowie, man. Team Green. I'm who gonna who go, you, got? you got? I'm going Kenny. Kenny. Super technical track. But Anderson... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we should put some money on it. But I'll bet you a dollar. A dollar. <laughs> a gold coin. Coffee next week. Okay. That's more than a dollar. <laughs> That's like eight bucks and I'll show you. Yeah, coffee. You heard it. Coffee next week. So you got Anderson and Hunter. I'm going Kenny and Jet. That's me. That's pretty solid. And then Manji. I think uh is is so do you think Tanny's racing? Tanny's racing, yeah. So Tanny, the current <laughs> red plate holder and winner of Will- Gilman, Gilman, round four, down in South Australia. Yeah, dude, I'm a Tanny fan. You know that hard worker. Um, and he looks good on that CDR Yamaha. He looks good. Mm. He was my teammate. We bailed, gas, gas. Went on CDR is by by far the best factory team in Australia. CDR Yamaha, Craig Dak Racing. Did you know they just. Uh, Announced they're part of the World Supercross Tour. Really? Yeah. That's huge for especially for them. Yeah. So we'll have uh, I think Tanny and Cl- and Clout will race the Supercross series. Wow. That's good, man. They 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 deserve it. Definitely. They des- they definitely. De- so they'll come off this. And so what you think, Tanty, this weekend? I bet you pick for Manji. Ooh. 
Maddie, I'm gonna say Maddie. Maddie. I think Taney, if he's if he's out, if he gets clear, yeah. But if he has to get nasty, I think he'll not do that because he wants to get that Oz title. You know True. What I'm yeah, he's got to think about championship, doesn't he? Um, how about Riker's WA boy? I wonder if he'll be racing it. He did well last year. I think he'd be riding it this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was top ten. I think he finished six or something like that last year. But are the Gypsy boys going over to race it again? Gypsy's gone. Is he? Man. But oh, man. um, yeah, that's interesting. Manji's a big race. It's just so hard to get there, man. It's like if you're in the states listening to this. It's essentially like California to Florida. You smell that, dude? It's bad. <laughs> I just pooped my pants. He's let it rip. <laughs> um, anyways, um, yeah, dude, lots of racing going on. What else we got to talk about, dude? We got we could talk forever, but we don't have time. People or or four listeners of this podcast don't really want to listen to that. Um, speaking of one twenty five cup, one twenty five cup. So last round of Harvey Bay, dude. Um, never, I don't really want to talk about it, but yeah, let's yeah, go. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. So let's talk about uh, your Harvey Bay is a track four hours north of um, the Gold Coast, and I've never rode it. It's like a sand. It's more of a sand track. It's like a, almost a white sand. Like a it's yeah, really beach cool. sand. It's right next to the the, the water. So yeah, it's, it's really really beautiful. Like small town. Um, it was Mother's Day weekend, and um, took Mason and I up there. We Put on um, a round, second round of the 125 Triple Crown. Dylan race because it was actually just a regular club day. And uh, dude, you had a you had a bit of a an incident. Tell us about it. Uh yeah, just second moto. Um, unfortunately, I crashed at the start, and they put all MX1 riders together, so it was A, B, and C together. Um, so I was in C grade, just running at the back of the field. First race back after um, the year I've had this year, and um, unfortunately, last lap, last corner. Uh, one of the pro riders came through and just um, took the inside line and, and I was on the inside line as well and we collided. So just went down and um, the shoulder took all the impact. So unfortunately broke my clavicle with the collarbone. Um, so that that's on the mend, but um, should be back in a couple of weeks. But other than that, the racing was unreal. The club day was run fantastically. It and was, huh? Yeah, and um, I believe you had some good luck in the 125 class. Dude, it was really fun. I was really bad at QMP first round. I just, I didn't ride good. I couldn't stay off the ground. I don't know. I think it was that top end. <laughs> uh, I well, I don't think the top end made me fall, but I um, yeah, I didn't do that good at round one. But round two, I, I don't ride. I've ridden Coolum and now Harvey Bay, but and we don't have sand tracks in Cali, and I. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but dude, I I ride sand pretty good, obviously. So I had a good weekend, dude. Cobbin. Um, little showroom leader in MX store. He won the first moto on his gas gas. Prongy and came all the way from WA again, Luke Davis. And then Elijah Weezy came up from South Australia. South Australia, yeah. which mm-hmm. these, that's a huge, people don't understand. That's four hours in a plane. And um, to our little 125 triple crown, we had another great turnout, like 20 guys each class plus. Um, yeah, first moto, I was in third and got antsy and took a line just, and I shouldn't have and tucked the front, went down back to eighth, got all the way back to second. And, and so that was epic. So it put me in an actual chance to win the 
the overall. But that dude, that dude wanted to kill me after I passed him last lap. Did you see that after <laughs> yeah. the finish line? He wasn't happy, but it was it's for second place. So why not? I mean, you're fighting for the championship too. I mean, there's a lot of money up for grabs for this little thing. Actually, it's huge. Isn't it five grand for the overall? Yep, yeah. five grand. Mrs. Slates would be happy. She'd be really <laughs> stuck. Um, and then second moto, dude, I got the whole shot and led wire to wire. When I haven't done that in a long time. Oh, well, I mean, I did that at, at Coolum, but it, when you do that. Like, it's cool. Like, and I, I told you, but I was like, second turn, I hit the turn. I'm like, I got this. Like, it was just, it felt so good. My my bike's rad. Like, we put a topping in it the week before, or two, the night before. Not two, before. Two nights before. Yeah. Um, this thing still has stock suspension in my 125. Um, it's, we put the fat head on it. It ran good. I think I seen put some race gas in it. We had to rich, I richened it up before a second moto because there's a little detonation, but the fat had added some compression to it, but I'm really pumped on this bike, dude. Like, like you said earlier, <laughs> there was a, man, I, I haven't been the best. I, I, the top end's like pretty old and I just left it and there were some boogers on the barrel, but we, I scotch brighted it, got it the best we could. And, um, now that we're back, I'll pull it off and, uh, um, check the top end again and put, probably just put a ring in it. But I'll tell you what, from the sidelines, that second moto was wild. I mean, you had Prongy throwing everything he had at you. You had Cobbin trying to come back from pretty much last after being taken out by Andrew Reardon. Um, and then Cobbin, unfortunately, went down a couple more times. And um, he got back up. Credit to him, he got back up and finished the race. Um, yeah, dude. But, yeah, Prongy was firing everything he had to the point where I thought one of you guys was going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, he finished solid too and finished in second. And I believe Elijah finished in third at second. Third or fourth? Third or fourth, yeah. I yeah. Think, yeah. But, um, um, it yeah, went, I think overall, it went you, Elijah. And, um, and the dude that got number two on the KTM. Yeah. That I heard is on a 150. Oh, well, we can't mention his name then. Yeah, I don't know. But it doesn't <laughs> even matter. It's all for fun. Yeah, I was pumped to win, dude. Like, 41, going to be 42 in a month. And you get out there and you feel like you're 25, 23, <laughs> or even hell, 17 again. I enjoy racing a lot. It holds me accountable from not being a fat ass that I am right now. I got to drop some kilos before I get to round three, which is at the Connordale, Cla- Connordale Raceway Motorsports Track, whatever. Connordale. Is that Connordale? Connordale. Just yeah. Connordale. Sunshine, Sunshine Motocross Club at the third ra- third round, 125 Triple Crown at the Battle in the Bush. Um, Battle in the Bush is a unique event. Dill, tell them about it. Yeah, it's a huge event. So it's actually a family-inspired event. Um, it's going to have, on this Saturday, we're going to have people checking in. We've got live bands. We've got moto trivia. Um, you name it, you know, camping by the fire. Uh, Young Henry's bar set up. We're going to have Red Bull, um, live DJs. we got food, drinks all weekend long. Uh, and then racing starts on the Sunday. So we've got multiple feature races with a 252-stroke class. Uh, we've got 250 and over, four-stroke and two-stroke um, being scored pre-95 and post-96 for the guys that are riding some older bikes. Um, they can come out and have some fun and compete with their mates in that same sort of era. Uh, and then, as you said, the 125 Cup, the third and final round. Uh, and then very a very unique event we've got a three-hour moto relay on the motocross track so no no headlight no ga- no big tank that's right so you're going to have um riders of two three or four coming out to compete with their mates just basically it's all about having good times and creating memories that last a lifetime so um this v- event is going to be very special um 
and it's going to we've got limited spots so there's only 40 entries for teams in the three hour motor relay and then obviously there's going to be 40 gates in each of the feature races so this event uh conondale doesn't run uh very many events each year so we're very lucky when they do run them and when they do they do sell out and especially like an event like this so yeah it's awesome the boys at penny bridge designed an amazing job with the overarching design of it it's very themed the battle in the bush count of camp vibes you know, if you they're acting like an idiot and getting carried away, you'll be kicked out. This is a family fun event. Racing's gonna be gnarly. Like I said, third round of the Triple Crown. There's me and three other guys that are in, could win it overall. So it's gonna that's gonna be fun. But yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Daniel McCoy, I heard, might come out and race. You know, on his uh, you know, his bike that's set up for him to ride since he's paralyzed. Um, I think uh, Lee Hogan might come up. I messaged Danny Ham. We're trying to. This is a like a day in the dirt, but less rowdy right um it, transmoto inspired motocross race um those guys do we support those events so we're not trying to over you know take an event away from them. we're trying to add to our riders here in southeast queensland and i think this is going to be a great event for everyone so we've just launched the information on the on the homepage banner so get over to mx store check out the landing page it's on instagram as well um it's in the link in bio for mx store but yeah thanks to everyone for tuning in to the uh, my two life podcast powered by MX store. Dill, do you have anything else to say before we sign off? Uh, no, we'll, we'll be there. Come to battle in the bush. I think that's everything really. Yeah, man. I got to prep this one, two, five, get some more riding in and special thanks to all of our sponsors from this podcast. Mac, uh, muck off Mac, motor X, rhino power, intense cycles, you know, everyone else that supports this, this is really, really fun to be able to do that. Max's Tires, you know, getting you out there, burning some rubber. But, yep, I'm going to be doing some, a lot of mountain bike racing coming up, uh, some enduro. So, yeah, we'll report back, but uh, we'll try to keep this thing weekly. I know I keep saying this more consistent, but legitimately we have a lot going on here. Deal's had some health stuff, and I've been traveling. But um, until then, thanks for tuning in to the My Two Life podcast. Have a great weekend.